0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia, Ipswich Town Podcast. My name is Andy Warren and today I'm joined by my right hand man, my partner in crime, my work husband, my one, my only, Stuart Watson, and he's smiling as well. How are you, mate?
1: I'm fine, thank you, mate. That was a lovely little intro. Nice to see you.
0: That's just the two of us, isn't it? Where's, where is Where's everybody?
1: I don't know. I'm at my nan's house. If anyone's watching this on video, if we do put it out as a video, that's that's why the backdrop's changed today. Come and give uh, her a, a company today while I'm working. Oh,
0: does she fancy it? Is she has she got any strong opinions on League One football on or anything like that? Has she got, got anything to bring to the party?
1: I don't think there's anything she'll want to add to this. She's having a little doze in the front room at the moment, so I won't disturb her. But she does follow our work, mainly I think, just out of uh out <laughs> of sympathy for me.
0: <laughs> she would be in the no other business category, would she, if we uh from from the very off on the, on all of this. Um and to be fair, a little doze um sounds great, doesn't it? In 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 reality. Um you could easily get that little doze in during Ipswich Town games at the moment. We're we're not here to completely dissect another nil-nil draw, the latest coming against AFC Wimbledon at the weekend, but it it would be remiss of us, if we didn't, if we didn't note it, um, where do we start with that then? Stu, should we talk about ten hours without a goal? What that means? Find a deeper meaning in all of that. Um, just need the season to be done, don't we?
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't really got a huge amount to add to to what we've already discussed. Um, they're done. The players are done. They know they're done. The manager knows they're done. The manager doesn't like them. They don't like the manager. Um, we've been saying it for a long time now for, for these last few games are doing nobody any any favors at all. Um, just needs to be over now. We just need to limp, limp over the line and wait for this uh, exciting summer of change to come. Mm,
0: stick, a, stick a fork in Ipswich Town they're done because midweek results they're actually they're in 12th now. Um, seven points from the playoffs which have three to play. Uh, some of the other teams have two, not mathematically done. But um, it's pretty much done, isn't it? And it has been done. Has been done for a little while. Three games: for Ipswich, Swindon, Shrewsbury, Fleetwood feel a bit dead. Robbery, don't they? Um, but all around them, things that things are heating up a little bit. Huller up. They're they're gone from League One. Peterborough last night looked like they'd got their job done, but didn't. Um, so they they have to go again at the weekend to get theirs. The playoffs beneath them. Sunderland of kind of having a bit of a mini meltdown. Wickham are down from the Championship, so we'll be seeing them again next year. Sheffield Wednesday, nearly nearly done as well. They'll be joining them, almost certainly. Then it's a little scrap between Derby and Rotherham for the final place. And uh, in League Two, I think it was last night, Cheltenham Cheltenham are up, which um, is a great achievement for them. Have you, you ever been to Cheltenham? That's not a, not a place I've ever been to, to watch football. I
1: have. It's the first ever game of professional football I covered was it at Cheltenham, so I'll always... Uh... Have a little soft spot for for a trip there. It was a Colchester game. Anthony Wordsworth, a very young Anthony Wordsworth, scored, I think, a brace in, in that game. He we obviously went on to, to play very briefly for, for Ipswich. So, yes, I have done that one.
0: Mm, we could remiss, uh, reminisce heavily about that when that game comes around. Mm. Next season, it's such a shame, isn't it, that from the position Ipswich were in, we're talking about all this stuff happening around them. They're just not, they're just not a factor not a factor in this at all are they how without going too deep into it it's um it's pretty miserable isn't it to be at the business end of the season and and once again have have no influence on on what's going on
1: yeah uh, people will talk about cook's record and i guess we'll we'll probably go into the paul cook debate a, a little bit deeper once these next few few games are out of the way but two two wins in 13 people are starting to maybe Look at him a little bit. Bottom line is, he was brought in at the, at the time he was to breathe life in, into a promotion push. But I don't think we should be rewriting history here and saying that they've gone massively backwards since he's arrived. I don't, yeah. They weren't great under Paul Lambert. Let's not forget how poor it was prior to Paul Cook's arrival and, and how few shots on goal they were having throughout the whole of this season, not just recently. Uh, going forward has, has been the issue, clearly. Create not only taking chances but creating chances. I think going right back to November time, I, I wrote about them looking like a bang average mid-table League One side, and and that ultimately is where they're going to end up. So, um strange old times. It must be an, a, a very odd atmosphere at the club at the moment, with um, you know people, both players and off-field staff, all, all wondering what what lies ahead for their future. So it's it's not going to make for a particularly good short-term picture but um once that sort of little painful transitional process is hopefully swift and quick and is all out the way then then the fun starts and and the rebuild happens
0: Mm. I think you're right I think the um I think there probably will be a a deeper Paul Cook chat at some point once once this season's out the way but in terms of the current season it's done we we're almost certain and and about an hour ago the what feels like kind of the starting pistol on 2021-22 got fired with uh, Ipswich Town releasing their season ticket details, which these days also include refund options for the second year in a row As uh, on how people can be refunded. That's not being refunded because the football's been bad. It's been refunded because people have not been able to attend the games. But um, they were out an hour ago. Stu, are you able to to quickly kind of run us through for anyone who hasn't seen by the time they're looking for these, just what the, what the headline figures are from... Uh, from those season ticket renewals
1: yeah i'll try my best i've just just written this up for for the web and the paper um the refund option is essentially you get a full refund on your season ticket for this season less the charge of 10 pounds per game for your i follow pass which obviously 10 times 23 games is 230 quid so whatever you paid for your season ticket last year you'll get that back minus 230 pounds um In terms of next season's season tickets, it's frozen. It's frozen whether you had one this season or from the season before. So, understandably, they they kind of got why. I think they had 12,000 season tickets roughly for the first season in League One. 3,000 or so of those chose not to renew, understandably, with the the global pandemic. I'm surprised that it wasn't more, to be quite honest. So... um, Anyone who had a season ticket either this season or the previous season will get uh, take take advantage of frozen season ticket prices, which um this this always splits people. There's always going to be some that that want more, and you're not going to please everybody. Um, But I think in the grand scheme of things, that's a a pretty fair balance. Is is my first um, instinct on that. It's worth saying also that anyone that was had a season ticket holder under 19 this season gets a free one next year as well. So ultimately, this is going to cost the club in the region of about a million pounds by the time they've paid out these refunds and given away some some junior tickets for this season, which is a, a chunk of money during a, a time where money has been tight.
0: Mm. It's, it's hard for us to, to sit and talk about these because every season ticket holder will have their own opinion on it and their own circumstances. We're obviously not season ticket holders, so it's hard for us to... Really talk about it, I think. But, but what do you make make of this as a, as an offering? It seem it seems okay to me. I think there there obviously would have been some people that were perhaps under the new ownership expecting um, crazy kind of Bradford Huddersfield esque one hundred and forty nine pounds two hundred and fifty quid a ticket offers and things like that. It hasn't worked out like that, but there are, there are reasons for that, aren't there? And um, and and reasons that could it could even impact kind of on pitch on pitch performance that kind of thing
1: yeah i think even we were talking a few weeks back oh you know it'd be a real statement from the new owners that are backed by a lot of money that you know they can afford to slash prices and but income is is very important and uh, obviously the the salary cap has been been scrapped but Ipswich will now slide back into their league 1's version of financial fair play which is the salary cost management protocol Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, And so in the first year after relegation from the championship, they were given um, a bit of breathing room. So they were allowed to spend 75% of annual turnover on wages in year one. Obviously that's gone now. So next season you're into 60% of annual turnover on wages. And a big part of, of income is obviously season tickets and gate receipts. So they can't afford to, to con- completely give them away because it will, it will impact on what Paul Cook can spend on wages um, uh, this summer. So it's a balancing act between rewarding fans, that, especially the loyal fans, 9,000 of whom who have had season tickets during a season where they can't use them. And I do get you're not going to please everyone. And if you're in a family of four that have all effectively been charged £10 each to watch the games on iFollow when you could have all been huddled around the same screen, every week, you're not going to please everybody. And as you rightly say, it's very hard for us to talk about this because we're not season ticket holders ourselves. And I know everyone's been affected differently by COVID and money has been tight. But I think if I'd have had a season ticket this year, I'd have probably bought one on the understanding that we were living in a stri- slightly strange world and I wasn't going to be getting full value for it. And so people had that choice. They could have counselled them along, along the way this season. Overall, I think it's a, it's a decent balance that they they've struck.
0: I think the most the most eye catching part of it for me was the accompanying three and a half minute video that they put out with it, which is well, everything you want. It's got dramatic music, it's got quotes going over the top, it's got videos of fans celebrating, passionate fans in the crowd. This season's going to be a game changer. They call it obviously in a nod to the new the new owners. That 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 got me going a little bit and just reminded me that hopefully hopefully we're not too many months away from having proper crowds in proper football stadiums for for proper football matches again that that day can't come soon enough can it
1: no we've had the a new era this one is called the next chapter um as you say there was the nod to a game changer um yeah with voiceovers from the various interviews we've heard from brett johnson um mark detmer we heard his voice for the first time on there he's only done a piece with the club so far which you know we've only seen in a written format but they used a few of his quotes from an audio basis on there um burke bakai paul cook so yeah i had a few few goosebumps um watching that and certainly whets the appetite for the season ahead so done a good job on that obviously but um We've said that before, haven't we? Sat there in the summer thinking next year's the next year's <laughs> gonna be the one. That's football for you. You hit the reset button, no matter how bad it is, every time we convince ourselves it could be different next year.
0: Mm. Every single like. time. Every single time. And there's little markers in the sand as well. Season tickets, yep, it's gonna be different. Out comes the promotional video. Yep, it's gonna be different. Kit launch, that's a real trigger for me. Get the new kit out there. And that's me officially turned on for next season. Um, officially turned on. <laughs> Just realised why. Turned
1: on when squad numbers come out, my friend. That's when. Well, that's then... yeah.
0: That's yeah. That's that's beyond beyond turned on when when that happens. Uh, bring out a new font for the back of shirts. That gets me going. And by the time we get to a mid-July pre-season friendly at Hampton and Richmond, or or. Uh, or the Abbey Stadium in Cambridge, um, absolutely gagging for it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, does, it doesn't take much to turn the page, does it? Um, the meat of today's podcast is also going to be looking at next season. This morning, we published a, a very long list of football players. It was a lit just a list of football players in playing for League One teams who are out of contract this summer. We know Paul Cook's going to have a thorough rebuild, and they won't all be League One free agents, I'm sure. But as a starting point for uh, potentially looking at players that Ipswich may look to bring in this summer, we thought it might be fun to go through that list and um, pick out a few each and, and fire them backwards and forwards at each other and just uh, just discuss a few players who are available this summer that might fit into to what Paul Cook's after and fill a few holes um, at Ipswich Town at, at the moment. So does that sound fun, Stuart Watson?
1: That sounds fun to me. The the more we can keep away from recent results, the, the better. So let's let's do it. I've got that, a few names here.
0: That before before we start, um, I put that list together, and then at about eleven o'clock last night, I had to remove a name from that list because I saw that he had had his contract renewed, um, and it made me quite sad because he's one that I would have, um, I'd have quite fancied actually. It was Alex Gorin at at Oxford. Um, uh, a sort of a a ball winning midfielder who breaks up play and lets others around him get going and play football. Um, he's had his contract renewed by Oxford um but he would have been one that I think could have really done a job for Paul Cook not technically the best footballer you're gonna find but um but something that if just haven't had a proper destroyer of a of a midfielder but sadly he's off the table so he doesn't count towards this game. Um, But I'll let you serve, Stuart Watson. New balls, please. Stuart Watson, what you got? Okay,
1: I'll start. Um, Someone that won't need a a huge introduction to Ipswich Town fans is Callum Connolly, who is still only 23 years old, had his loan spell in the Championship with Ipswich. He's uh, currently on loan at Fleetwood. Um, Obviously scored that very inventive. Flicked backwards header against Ipswich recently. Since he's left Ipswich, I think we've seen him in virtually every position for the various teams that he's he's gone on to play for. Is so he's versatile. Still only twenty-three, and his uh, three-year contract to Everton expires in the summer, I believe. So, um, Cooks after players that are um, combative, competitive. Um, he'll want to work with a, a tight knit small squad, so I think that versatility would um, come into play. He knows Ipswich; he'll know the area. From what I gather, he enjoyed it down here, so um, he'd be one I'm looking for. Definitely. What
0: position are you signing him to play? Because, uh, like you say, you're you're right. We've seen him play centre back, central midfield, both full back positions. Um, which one Which one of them would you be playing him in?
1: Um that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um possibly at center half. Possibly at center half but he could easily play one of those two sitting midfield positions. Um yeah, either of those to be quite honest.
0: Well, that's where that's where we we saw him with Fleetwood, wasn't it, recently. Um playing at playing at center half. He he came to Ipswich as a right back, didn't he, and played about 45 minutes at right back and and ended up being one of their best players that season in central midfield. So he certainly um certainly got the versatility versatility there. Has he played with Cook under Cook before?
1: Yeah, I think he had a uh, a brief spell at, at Wigan, didn't play a huge number of games during during that spell at Wigan, so he'll be one that Cook Cook's aware of as well.
0: I like it. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll give you a tick on that one. Um, My first one's going to be a player that we've seen fairly recently um, against Ipswich actually, well, really recently at the weekend and then 10 days prior to that as well. Joe Piggott at Wimbledon. Um, Physical, big, solid on the ball and um, knows where the goal is. Although maybe I wouldn't let him take penalties judging by his effort at Portman Road at the weekend, but he's maybe something that Ipswich haven't, haven't got. Um, he's out of contract this summer. I think Wimbledon would like to keep him, but uh, you would think that Ipswich it, so it should, if they wanted him, be able to o- overpower Wimbledon in in a sort of a chase for him. What what have you made of what have you made of him over the last couple of games where we've seen him?
1: Yeah, liked him. Stood out. Obviously partnered uh, Palmer in a big man big man partnership quite well in the first game. Um, led the line as a kind of a a lone striker very well in, in the game last weekend. Um, looked to be a cut above anything Ipswich had sort of up front uh, over the course of those those two games. Um, Hungary, a player that's sort of on the up. So, yeah, I definitely would be one I'd be looking at. I think there'll be Championship interest in him. you certainly be able to prize him away from, from Wimbledon, but whether there is interest higher up the chain that makes that one difficult um, remains to be seen. But mm. like him, good shout.
0: He's a bit older than I thought he was. He's twenty he's twenty seven. But has got kind of a good non-league background behind him. Nineteen goals this season. He'd be he'd be worth a shot for me. Your uh your shot, sir.
1: Well, I'll go down the striker route then and give you an alternative to Piggott. And I've got Chuck's Anike written down here. Twenty seven, the same as Piggott. Charlton good age. absolutely yeah, great age. Um he absolutely bullied Luke Wolfenden in, in the game at Portman Road last November time when, when Charlton won 2-0, 6 foot three, won so many towering flick-ons um that day. He's um he's another one who's out of contract in the summer. Um so I don't know what his situation will be with, with Charlton. Obviously depends what happens with them at the end of the season, whether whether they'll want him, whether there will be higher interest. But if we're looking at sort of uh Physical front man types that can kind of lead the line in that four two three one. He'd be one, it'd be one yep. on the list for me.
0: I'd be happy. Is he ex ex Arsenal as a kid? I think he was, wasn't he? Yes. We've seen him. We've seen him before at MK Dons as well, haven't we?
1: Yeah, he scored a lot of goals, didn't he, when they got promoted from from League
0: Two. Yeah, I'd, 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 there's some good names on this list. I know, this isn't exclusively where which are going to be shopping or anything like that. I'm sure, but. In terms of in terms of players being available, I think there are certainly certainly some they could pick up from here. I'm going to change position on the field a little bit and go back to another player that um, splits opinion um, has has worn an Ipswich shirt before uh, and is coming around to being a free agent again. And I've I've got Luke Garbutt on my on my list who obviously was here last season, started like a train tailed off, ultimately ended up at. at Blackpool, not the move he thought he was going to get, but he's had a decent season there. Um, he's kind of come into goal scoring form at a time where Blackpool are, are surging. Um, they're likely to be in the playoffs, but I think he could be open to uh, to a move somewhere else if they don't make it to the Championship. And I think while he's not quite Kane, Vincent Young, he's not he's not necessarily the marauding fullback that Paul Cook wants. He does like to play high up the pitch. Cook wants his his fullbacks to play almost as wingers, and we saw Luke Garbutt's best football um, playing sort of wide midfield for for uh, Paul Lambert. So, I wouldn't be against Mister Garbutt getting another another phone call under a new manager um, this Signing this him summer. To
1: play the the left wing role rather than left back role.
0: No, no I'd sign him to play left back because okay. of what because of what Cook. Um, what what he wants his left back to do, um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I like him as an sure out and out winger.
1: On Edwards, on you don't want Guion Edwards on set pieces though, Andy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is it still in the air? Are those balls still flying? Um, we're all aware that they've been out for dinner in London this week. I'm sure um, many people saying that uh, Guion was was there searching for the ball that. Um, that's still flying from corners and free kicks. I'd take I'd take Luke Garbutt over Greal on, on, on corners and, and free kicks. If I'm completely honest, but and I know this one won't be for everybody. Um, but what, what would you what would you say to Luke Garbutt?
1: Um, I'm never quite. Sure. I don't know because I, I was kind of he tailed off towards the end of his his time at Ipswich. Um, the set pieces start to dry up a, a little bit. Sort of joking aside. I thought he was much better in that left wing position than left back. Defensively he had a, a few moments, didn't he? It was one game where he tried to sort of play his way out of danger at the back. Um, um yeah, that would be a question mark for me, Luke Garbert. Um but I can see where you're coming from in terms of what Cook wants from from his full backs and that, that might suit his style of play a little bit more, kind of a, a forward thinking left back. I've got another left-back for you if you want an alternative.
0: Yes, please.
1: I've got Connor O'Gilvie written down from Gillingham. Yeah. 25, ex-Tottenham kid, England youth team, international growing up. He's now rattled out four seasons in League One with Gillingham, who have proven themselves year after year to be a, a competitive side in this division. Um Reading some, he scored five goals this season, including a, a goal of the season contender, a, an outrageous volley from out, outside the box um, against Charlton. Um, so, scored five goals from left back, um, and just reading some quotes from Steve Evans about him: the whole dressing room loves Connor. Uh, he's the first in and the last away. He lives and breathes football. So, if we're looking for if character and personality is going to be high in the uh, in the attributes um, wanted this summer. He seems to be one that that would tick the box. Um, Maybe not as sexy a name as someone like Luke Garbutt, but if you're looking for character and experience at this level, decent age, got a bit of pedigree, I'll chuck him in the mix.
0: Am I I right in saying Josh Harrop played on the right of midfield when Paul Cook took Ipswich to Gillingham a few weeks ago? And Ogilvy, he lit. He almost stopped Harrop from kicking the ball from the entire game. I think that, as much as that's going to be on Josh Harrop as potentially on Ogilvy's defending, but um, he certainly played well in those in that game, didn't he? From, from memory,
1: yeah, he did. Yeah, and he can play centre half as well. So there's another little versatility box there.
0: Do you want another left back, do it. Yeah, left back special. Um, Josh Ruffles of Oxford United. Um, he's i think he's 26 27 again good age these players are all in in a certain age bracket aren't they Stu and we've cert, we've spoken before about lacking maybe players of of this particular age um but here we are 27 year old he can get up and down good on the ball um it's just a solid league one left back that that i've liked when i've when i've seen him they need yeah. a left back don't they
1: I think Ipswich were having a little look at him last summer from what we've heard as well it was one that um was on the long list that, that Paul Lambert had. Um so yeah, yes, yeah, another good good shout for left back. Um shall I shall I rattle on? Shall we carry on?
0: Yep, keep going. What more have you got?
1: Okay. Um let's go a bit further up the pitch because that's where people are excited and that's where it, where it's which needs some improvement. I've got Ryan Williams written down, um, the Australian attacking midfielder slash winger at Portsmouth. Um, There's a a number of players out of contract at Portsmouth. Uh, Again, could be dependent on whether they they go up or don't go up as to who they want to keep and who they try to keep. Um, Ipswich fans might remember him playing very well in the game against Portsmouth. Recently, Danny Cowley, um, after the game, was talking about his stats, his fitness stats in in training and across the games um, being incredible, incredible work rate and attitude were Danny Cowley's comments about him um he's played in the championship before with both Barnsley and Rotherham so he's got that sort of higher level experience there as well and again 27 years of age so um sort of prime years which is um we've talked about Ipswich having players that it's their experienced players have probably got their best days behind them and their younger players aren't aren't quite to to the level where they can they can carry everybody Mm -hmm. else and be the go-to players that Paul Cook has, has called for so um they definitely need to plug that gap in terms of age group this summer.
0: I don't know about you. I didn't go through this list looking for players of this age. I simply went through it, picked out some names that I've enjoyed watching, um, and, and gone with them. But they—they they are all—they do all fall in the in the age bracket that we're talking about here, uh, pretty much. Which um, which really does feel important, actually, of getting getting players that that are, know the league, ready to go, and aren't too much of a project um saying that my next one maybe is a little bit of a project he's probably the one on this list that's maybe that bit more raw um that bit that needs a bit more work um but we've seen him do the thing that he absolutely excels at this season that's scott twine the young lad at swindon who i'm sure you remember scored that absolute screamer at portman road in in january um Spent the first half of the season at Newport did it a lot there um six or seven goals, most of them really good outside the box efforts there He's out of contract this summer Swindon would like to keep him, but it doesn't look like they're going to there's going to be offers from from probably the championship and the top end of league one for him especially now they've dropped into league two he he's kind of a he, he's a forward really can play off the strikers can play a bit wide as well um but he's he's that little bit younger um i think he's is he twenty let me just let me just look that up he's
1: it's a good shout and you talk about again he's probably another one that will have bottom end championship experience and this is where ipswich are probably shopping for players that are getting bottom end championship experience versus hopefully ipswich can put their case forward as now being an ambitious league 1 outfit that will be right at the top of if not the top in terms of league 1 budget next season so much like they did with James Norwood who who could have gone to lower end championship you say well you can go there and be a squad player or you can come here and you know we've got big plans for you to to play every week and that's hopefully where it can, mm. can win those sort of battles
0: you know what he re- he reminds me of they've got slightly different attributes but but can ultimately do the same thing for their team um Paul Cook had had real success with Nick Powell at at Wigan um playing number 10 he could also play wide a little bit as well but but creative someone creative playing off the cuff a little bit um in one of those attacking attacking roles um i think he might be some someone that ticks a few of ticks a few of paul cook's boxes but like you said there's going to be there's going to be some competition there who's at, who's next for you
1: um josh sims um, he's at Southampton. His contract expires in the summer. He's been on loan at Doncaster this season and he really caught my eye when Doncaster beat Ipswich 4-1. Um, earlier on in the season, he'd only just made the loan move there at that time. Um, played wide left, but I think he can play in any of those sort of attacking positions bit behind the striker. Primarily left-sided. Um, seven assists this season for Doncaster um, and when he had some good players around him earlier in the season. Um before, before the mass exodus of of players and managers and, and their season sort of collapsing, um, he looks good to me. Um, he's only twenty four still as well, so you know there's a, a chance to to turn a profit on on someone there potentially down the line, or certainly get a little bit more out of them. So, Josh Sims,
0: obviously his loan's ending at, at Doncaster. Is he out of contract at Southampton as well? I believe so. Yeah. I feel that feels like the kind of similar to Callum Connolly maybe where where it's time it's time for both him and Connolly to go and find somewhere new to to get going Matthew Pennington will be in that same boat I think he's at finishing up his loan at Shrewsbury we'll see him in a in a week or so um that's an age where you need to find a new home isn't it rather than continually go out on loan from Premier League clubs
1: yeah absolutely I think that's that's happening too much now where Premier League clubs hand out Five year contracts, and then you just see them getting loaned out year after year. Penningtons a prime example, isn't it? And and they quite often come on these loan spells and talk about wanting to find a permanent home and and settle down. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Two. We've got two more. Two more each left. You got two more left. Have we done this in the right order?
1: Uh, I have one left. I've done oh five. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. You served. You served, didn't you? Um, I've got two central midfielders left, and one of them is a player who. Um, very much could be on Paul Cook's shopping uh, list this summer. It's it's one of his former players at at Wigan. Um, I think there's every chance that this man does indeed end up at Ipswich Town, and that's that's Lee Evans, 26, good age, central midfielder, Welshman. Um, does all the things that Paul Cook wants. I, I think we've we can gather enough now from hearing Cook shout from the touchline. Um, just how much he wants from those those two central midfielders in front of the back four and behind the attacking three, and clearly, clearly having played that system for Cook for a few years, Evans is going to know exactly exactly what's required of him there. So, um, he's probably the one out of my list that I'd be most confident about genuinely happening. Um, almost to the point of raising a little eyebrow if it if it maybe didn't. So, uh, yeah, what, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I steered clear of going down the sort of ex-Wigan route. Um, Gavin Massey would certainly be another one that um, that is out of contract at Wigan that can play in either of those those wide roles um, that Cook worked with at Wigan before. So, don't be surprised to see his name linked. But I didn't go with him. I've gone down a, a holding midfielder route because we know Paul Cook's going to want to play 4-2-3-1. We know he's going to want two of these sitting midfielders. Um, and one of the people that caught my eye has been George Dobson who um, quietly but effectively went about his business for, for Wimbledon. He's on loan from Sunderland. Um, so, he doesn't look necessarily like there's a future for him at, at Sunderland. He's out of contract in the summer. He's only 23 years old still. Just having a look at some of his stats, he averages three tackles per game, which is right up there in terms of League One stats. Two interceptions per game, again, right up there in terms of uh, the stats for League One. Um He's just uh, probably, you know, just intercepts, breaks up play and then has got an eye for a forward pass. And I think he might be one that um, could fit into the Cook system quite well.
0: Yeah, my my last one's a a Sunderland player as well, who um, whether or not this can happen or not, I don't know, because you'd think that Sunderland would want to keep him. But he's on the free agent list, so I thought I I had to pick him. He's someone I've always liked the look of. I love his name, uh, Max Power who he's just got he's just a bit dynamic in the middle of midfield got energy again good age 27 um the he's probably the least attainable on my on my list of six that I've got there I'd have thought but um I wanted to chuck him in for for various reasons because I think that that engine room as well as the attacking the wide attacking areas are going to be really really important to what cook does this summer so I'm going to put max power on as my as my final my final nomination
1: and again worked with, with cook at Wigan.
0: He did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Until he, he left before cook left though, didn't he? He went, went off to Sunderland, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That, that's the league one free agent list. What do you, what kind of market do you think Ipswich town are shopping in this summer, Stu? It's a, it's hard to get a real gauge on this. Maybe until we see, see a deal getting done or, or maybe get a chance to speak to Mark Ashton. Um, once he's in the door and working as, as chief exec but it's hard to it's hard to really judge exactly the market that that Ipswich Town are shopping in post it post um post takeover
1: yeah I don't think it's going to be I don't think people should be suddenly thinking they're shopping I've seen a few people when you put that list out sort of going well hang on a minute aren't we aren't our sites higher than this we're shopping in Harrods now loads of money and <laughs> The reality is, you've still you're still a League One club that's just finished mid-table, and there is a project to sell here, and there is salary constraints in place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it will be there will still be a lot of frees and loans, and you can still get quality players within that market. That doesn't mean that you're being restricted to the bargain bin. Um, the free agent market was very very crowded last summer because of COVID. I think it will be again. Because of COVID. I mean, there's so many players in that list that, that didn't even make sort of the cut of the six there. I've got Dion Charles who scored twenty goals for Accrington up front this season. Solomon Otobor, the Wigan winger who who impressed against Ipswich. There is, there is so many on that list. So I think, you know, there, there is some quality to be picked up from that free agent market. Um I'm sure then players that have been released from from championship clubs will will come into it and maybe we'll we'll look at that list. Further down the line, as well, and just good quality loans, you know, hopefully being getting the 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 top quality loans for for this division, um, as well. And then who knows? Maybe maybe they'll they'll change their recruitment and and look to the foreign market as well. And they, they, you know, the people that we've talked to associated with this takeover have kind of hinted that they might broaden the search a little bit more and and uh, and and look abroad. And then suddenly they're going to have a a whole host of new contacts. available new people behind the recruitment team so maybe Ipswich, who have kind of relied on the british market for so long might might just sort of dip their toe into the continental market as well
0: and one deal we're thoroughly expecting to get done is um the acquisition of 43 year old centre forward didier drogbust you. um that that's one that we're expecting to get done isn't it following our following our chat with mr berke bakai last week you're smiling is it not happening
1: the he said it was problems.
0: he said he said it was happening so what
1: i think this was all said tongue in cheek wasn't it with our chat with with burke a and uh also brett johnson on, on appearing on another podcast yeah we'll get didier in and having a bit of fun with it um he's 43 he's not played football since 2018 apart from a few charity games here and there um we had a bit of fun with that because obviously Burke knows him and was the man that persuaded him against the odds to go and finish his career over at Phoenix Rising some lovely little stories there about you know basically cold calling Didier Drogba saying hi I'm Burke Bakaya I'm kind of associated with Galatasaray can we sell the project to you and they fly him out and they're showing him a dusty a dusty field with a, a tumbleweed literally blowing across it and we're going to build a stadium here and Somehow they persuaded him to do it. Um and he went there and he was a sensation. And really that signing was what kind of sparked the rise of Phoenix or Phoenix Rising, really, who'd been struggling up until that point. So um but he, he's not coming to it which Andy, no.
0: Okay. We'll have to uh we'll have to change what I had planned for the next bit of the podcast then, because I was gonna talk about the attributes that he would bring to the team, but you've let me down you've let me down there, but Burke, Ber- Burke, I'm sure a lot of people will have listened to this, uh, to that chat already, if you're listening to this, uh, but if you haven't go back in, and give it a listen, um, that's the first time we've done one of these since, since that talk with Burke, um, seems like a cracking guy, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, really enjoyed that last, last, was it Thursday night that we, um, we had a, a Zoom chat with, with Burke, um, just had a big smile on our face throughout it all you you would be uh deeply deeply cynical uh of which i have become (laughs) and i think all (laughs) fans have become over Ipswich. not to not be kind of swept along with the sort of energy and enthusiasm that sort of radiated from from burke was um his football fandom and his passion for football really really came across i don't think you can fake that you know grew up in turkey where football was everything you know if big Galatasaray fan was was essentially a sort of Galatasaray ultra despite the fact that his uncle was uh, on the board there he he sort of shunned the prawn sandwich seats and and got in with the uh, got in with the flares and jumped around and was you know didn't want to go to school after they'd lost a, a derby match to Besiktas or Fenerbahce and um, yeah I just thought he came across really well what did what did you I know you did as well.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to smile, isn't it? Just to see him there with his with his Drogba shirt behind him in his office and his Ipswich Town scarf um, on him, sat in his chair and just a bit, just a big grin on his face. It's um, it's exciting to see. They know they're gonna. They know they're gonna ultimately be judged by by what they produce on the pitch um, rather than what they kind of say off it. They know that. But even still, it's just so it's so refreshing and exciting just to hear the passion with which the owners of the football club are approaching it. Um, it's not a toy. They know that as well. It's all are they're, they're competitive guys. They want to win. That's how they've been successful in Phoenix, not just treating it as a plaything. They've, they want to put the best team they can on the field and, and that's what they're going to do here. Every, every time we took them down an alleyway, sort of talking about Portman road and giving that a facelift or, Commercial opportunities for the club—it always came back to, uh, yep, we want to do all of those things, but first and foremost, it's about putting a team on the pitch that can get Ipswich out of League One as soon as possible, and and that's that's, that's bang on, bang on in my opinion, and um, hopefully, hopefully they're able to do it.
1: Yeah, um, in the honeymoon period at the moment, uh, and a, a very nice honeymoon period it is, as you say, it's um, so refreshing after 13 years of barely seeing or hearing from Marcus Evans to have seen and heard from all three of these new co-owners plus Michael O'Leary as well within the space of of weeks, days and weeks already so that's great. Um, The thing I like about them is that there's a nice mix between not being scared to state their ambition and talk about what's behind this but also they're very, very quick to say that they're doing this with com- complete humility and reverence for, for the history of, of the club. Um, they know that this is not for the faint-hearted. They know this is a complete step up from essentially a starter club in America and a second-tier club in America to, to Ipswich Town. But they've got big plans and they, they get stuff done and history already shows, the recent history shows that, I mean, they build stadiums in the space of like 50 days. You know they built a temporary stadium in the space of 50 odd days, and they've not. You know now they've built another stadium in time for this new. So that, I think these are people that once they get an idea, and that that shone across with, with Burke, that once he got he kept talking about I got I get this idea in my head, and I won't let it go. And my friends tell me, uh, you know you're a guy once you've decided something, you you know you just won't go away unless unless somebody kills you, you know. And that, that, that's <laughs> the sort of determination that these guys have got. I mean we've not heard from Mark Detmer yet, but he is. That's, you know, a real real estate global super player. You know, these are these are guys with serious resumes. Um, and combined, that's what makes it exciting. This is not one one guy like Marcus Evans coming in. Their, their collective power is, you know, they've got the serious money behind them with the pension fund. But what they're bringing to the party is, is connections, um, not only bringing in further investment, but... They just seem to sort of know people and they've got this global network expanding across football. And, th- and that's what excites me.
0: This is what happens when someone goes into Dragon's Den with one of their little, uh, one of their inventions or a bottle of uh, Bakai hot sauce or something like that. And you get the power of Duncan Bannatyne and some of the other ones who I've forgotten. What are they called? Who Theo. Deborah De- yeah, I'm not sure about Deborah Meaden. Um, Who's the one that who was who's the one that was at millwall theo what's his name pathetus is he still on there
1: uh i don't i don't think he's on the den anymore now well,
0: anyway this is this is drifting but you know uh, you know what i'm saying you go you get the power of three dragons but instead of which i've got i've got three lions um <laughs> you like, I like it? it i do yeah yeah, I, yeah it, it wasn't the smoothest of analogies i got lost you along got the there. way but but it but ultimately awesome. And everybody knew where I was going throughout the whole the whole course of it. So job jobs are good and um before we get on to Ipswich uh away at Swindon in yeah. in a vital, vital football match for both sides. Um be remiss of us at this point to not talk about the FA Youth Cup, which um this Friday night at Portman Road, um, under the lights. Before we talk about the game, I'd also point you in the direction of our of our YouTube channel or our website where you can find a a film that, that Ross who is not with us today but Ross has made um, looking at the um, the Youth Cup success of 2005 it's got pretty much all of the all of the players on there talking about how they managed to, to beat the odds and sort of beat all of the Premier League superpowers and ultimately beat a Southampton team packed with future Premier League players to win the Youth Cup in 2005 I watched that on I watched that on Sunday evening and um, I thoroughly I thoroughly recommend that. Um, so go go hunt that one out. But on, on to the class of 2021, and um, they've got a big game themselves on on, tu- on Friday night. Sorry, and they've reached uh, they've reached the business end of the the competition, which is um, no mean feat, is it for a, for a, a third tier club as it's which are now to be mixing it into the last eight of the FA Youth Cup.
1: Yeah, I think when we're talking sort of academy levels. Yeah. They're a second-tier club, really, in that respect, because it's done on category one, two, three, four, and Ipswich are category two. So uh, they've had two upsets along the way. They've knocked Fulham, both Premier League and Category One, out with a, with an epic comeback win at Portman Road in one of the earlier rounds, and then they beat Middlesbrough one nil away with a late goal in the last round. Who are also a Category One side. So they've um, Bloodied a couple of noses along the way, a couple of upsets. And they're now into the quarterfinals where, um, through the luck of the draw, they face a fellow Category 2 side. Sheffield United are top end of the northern section of the division they play in Ipswich, which are at the top end of their southern section. And um, this is going to be a big game, 5 p.m. kickoff at Portman Road. And uh, if they were to win this one, then you're in the last four and you're up against one of the big boys. And um, that would be exciting
0: definitely would be so uh follow that you can follow that with us and i'm sure there'll be a way of following it through the club as well i think i saw that sheffield united might be actually streaming that uh don't hold me to that please but i you think i saw
1: porker that. covering it for us andy the big porker himself mike bacon who uh everyone enjoyed on the pod recently he's going to be our man at the ground um, but we're letting
0: him go to a game
1: really oh, really wow wow
0: Wow. Next you'll be telling me that Ross is going to be taking pictures. He is. Yeah. Oh wow. Goodness me. Um well the the, the main event of the weekend is at Ipswich away at Swindon. Swindon already relegated. Ipswich marooned in mid-table. Um looking forward to that. Cracker?
1: Yeah, big time. Um <laughs> These are the deadest of dead rubbers now, aren't they? These last last few games. Um, Swindon got relegated last weekend. They conceded five goals. Um,
0: Will Grigg was on fire in that game because he scored four of them, I mm-hmm. believe. He was on fire.
1: So, Ipswich surely couldn't go another game without scoring to, to equal the club record run of, of seven successive games from, what was that, 94-95, the relegation season Mm. against Man United. Um, They can't, can they? (laughs) Uh, They can. (laughs) um, um, I feel like
0: a bit of an optimist sometimes with with how I feel going into these games, certainly recently. Um, I think they'll probably score. I think they'll probably score. But
1: we say that, but then but then if you were to ask me where's this goal coming from and who's gonna score it and how is it gonna be created, I would really struggle to give you an answer.
0: Gui on Edwards Corner. Mm-hmm. Big big centre back, head
1: it in. Okay.
0: From from the bylines. Um yeah, no, I don't know, mate, to be completely honest. So I don't know where he'll go with the team. I don't know what he'll do in various different positions on the pitch. Um, and I don't know what the result will be, but I, I do, I'm going to stick my neck out here and say, I do think they'll score a goal. It's becoming a bit comical. Um, really 10, 10 hours is just absolutely ridiculous. So I think they'll, I think they'll do it at Swindon, but it doesn't, doesn't really change an awful lot. Does it? It's not, not a triumphant achievement that we need to be celebrating.
1: No, there's not. There's really not <laughs> a lot to be said about the uh, the first. This is an Ipswich Town podcast, and we're desperately trying to avoid all mention mm-hmm. of last weekend's game and and any kind of semblance of a proper preview for this one because the season is dead and it mm-hmm. has been for a long time. And we've been we've been playing this little silly charade where we've been oh they could still do it, and but deep down. I think there was a point where I nailed my colours to the mast a little while back, maybe slightly earlier than some. But even going back a further way, I just I've never had any kind of sense that this this group has has got it in them to be to get promoted this season. Um, certainly, even if they'd have scraped into the the playoffs um, over two legs, that you just couldn't you wouldn't have seen them being able to out outscore mm. a team. Um, but there you go. It's um, mm. it's new new era soon. I'm just as we keep saying. I'm thankful that the the, the takeover has happened, and that is because if that hadn't have happened, then uh, we'd be this would this these would be very depressive chats. But we're able to inject a bit of light into them because uh, changes are coming. Mm.
0: I've been absolutely gagging for Ipswich Town to play Swindon Town for for ten years now. Uh, since I started, a previous job of mine was covering Swindon for the newspaper. There, is that your nan? Is that your nan's phone? It
1: go is, on, yeah,
0: go on, phone. go on, answer yeah. it, answer it. Oh, I
1: think
0: she'll All right, it's fine. have uh, woken her up from her nap. Poor nan. Um, yeah, I've been absolutely gagging for for this game to happen, um, but it's now happening in an empty stadium with one team already relegated and the other marooned in mid-table it makes me it makes me quite oh, the sad Andy
1: Derby that you wanted it to be no you your no camera, those that are watching if we put this out as a video we'll see that next to your ipswich shirt you got your little swindon shirt there as well so
0: yep i slept in that bed the other night i felt quite sad sleeping in the office again slightly better than sleeping in your car but there you go Um,
1: Is there anything you want to share with the listeners? Or it's not—it's not really something I
0: want to. It's not really something I want to talk about publicly, mate. So we'll keep that. We'll keep that. Um, we'll keep that to ourselves for a little bit. Um, before before we go, has your nan got anything to add? Do you want to just any other business?
1: I know she's on the phone, so I won't disturb her.
0: Okay. Have you got any? No other business from me either. So all we'll do now is do a bungling outro from me, which I'm always appalling at. Um. Which essentially I'm going to ask you to listen to the podcast, now watch the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and review the podcast, and then also come back and listen to the next podcast. That's those are my requests to you and uh, we'll be back um, we'll be back next week to maybe even talk about an Ipswich Town goal. Um, but until then, uh, wish you a good weekend. We'll see you soon.
1: To football, Brexit to Hopeful. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.